Welcome to another vital message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Tonight, then, uh, we're going to turn to the Word. So, are you ready for the Word? All right. Well, you can open your Bibles tonight uh, if you uh, would like to follow along. Uh, the first place we're going to go is, uh, is well, if you'll just turn to Exodus 17. Uh, I'm going to quote a scripture before we get to Exodus. It's going to be out of Deuteronomy. But Exodus chapter 17, and then later we'll be in Numbers chapter 20. And tonight we're continuing in our COTR Family Bible Study series. And tonight we're going to be talking about the rock. You'll know a little bit more about that whenever we get finished. Uh, and uh, it's not the rock you may be thinking about that you've seen on TV, but uh, the rock, okay? In Deuteronomy... Chapter 32 and verse 31, there is a statement that was made that shows a difference between what the world relies on and what God's children rely on. Everyone needs something to help them, and different people trust in different things. Some people trust in money. Other people trust in power. Some people trust in their position. Some people trust in their government. Some people trust in their horses or chariots, their military. Some people trust in their smartness or their education. A lot of people put their trust in a lot of things. This is what the Bible would call their rock. Perhaps even a pagan god, maybe a different way of life. Maybe they trust in their works or in their good deeds. Almost everyone could identify something they are trusting in, that they believe their salvation will come from doing good or the next political choice or you know, uh, something that they are trusting in. Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 31 says, For our enemy's rock is not like our rock. Even our enemies know this. Even our enemies know that we have a rock. We put our trust in God. We have a rock that is different than our enemy's rock. And even our enemies realize that our rock works. Our rock is, is, uh, is trustworthy, if you will. You see, God sent Moses down into Egypt for a purpose. God wanted to deliver the children of Israel from slavery. God wanted to set them free. The Israelites had always served Pharaoh. That's the only thing that that generation knew, is that Pharaoh was their God. You know, Pharaoh was the one they depended on. He could make it easy on them. He could make it hard on them. They were in bondage and slavery in Egypt, and it's all that they understood. But God wanted to deliver them out of Egypt, and he wanted to take them to a promised land. He wanted them to live in abundance, not in bondage. 
uh, as I said, they had always served Pharaoh. Let me put this in right here. The reason why we are studying this is so that hopefully you can see yourself in this story. Hopefully you can see your generation in this story. That's why God gave us the Bible. It's not just a history book. It is a road map. And we are challenged with every story that we read. If we're reading a story about Adam and Eve, if we are reading a story about Noah, if we are reading a story about Moses or the children of Israel, we are hopefully finding ourselves in that story. And we can see what they did and what God did. And we can know what we should do and what we should not do by looking at the stories of the Bible. That's why the Bible is so important. Because the Bible includes the stories that God chose and the narrative that he wrote to make us understand what we too can do when we find ourselves in that situation. And so tonight, when I'm talking about the children of Israel, I'm talking about our, our, our whole world. I'm talking about this generation. God loves every one of us. And when I talk about Pharaoh, I'm talking about the devil. Okay? And I'm talking about the whole world has been enslaved by the devil. And God sent Moses, I'm talking about Jesus, down into Egypt, down into the world to set his children free from slavery to Pharaoh, the devil, and from slavery to this world. Because God wants us to live in a promised land. God wants us to live in a new world that he will create. But it is a journey to get there. When Moses went down into Egypt, when Jesus came down to the earth, he came for one reason, to set the children of God free from the bondage and the slavery of the world. And, and, uh, but even though they left the world... They left Egypt, and they were on their way to the promised land. There was yet a journey. The journey is what we call life. The journey in this wilderness. The children of Israel, when they got delivered from Egypt, they did not expect to have any trouble. God sent Moses... And said, we're going to the promised land. They expected to close their eyes one night and wake up in the morning and be in all the abundance and be in the promised land. And no more trouble, no more enemies, no more pain, no more worry, no more frustration. It doesn't work that way. That's not the story God tells us. You see, the story that God tells us 
that we have to put ourselves into is a story of the children of Israel taking a journey and encountering enemies and hardships and hurdles and overcoming each one on their way to a promised land. And so tonight, as I am sharing this story, follow along with your life because that's what God intends for us. Moses told Pharaoh to let my children go. Well, he didn't want to. In fact, he made it harder on them. Have any of you realized that the devil is making it harder on Christians in this world? The devil is making it harder on people. Not easier, but... That's, that shouldn't frustrate us like it frustrated them. We should learn from their experiences. All they could do was complain. They did not trust God. God had a plan. God understood that Pharaoh was not going to let the people go without a fight. And so... Pharaoh said no, and, and uh, he made it harder on the children of God. And the children of God began to complain. They complained to Moses, it would be better if you were to leave us alone. We'd had a better life before we became a Christian. We had a better life before we believed God. We had a better life before we started trying to do better. It was easier. I was happy in the world. I was happy in my sin. It was easier in my sin than it is trying to be good. Hello, does that resonate with anyone? Sure. Sometimes you can feel as though your expectations are not being met or that you're not getting what you, what you deserve. Their initial expectations did not include having to endure any hardships. They blamed Moses for their trouble. Instead of seeing the plan of God for their future, they were focused on their moment. Sometimes it is difficult to see the future because the moment seems so daunting. But I promise you, just like in the story, God has a plan for your future. He can help you get there if he can just keep you coming with him. Instead of complaining and sitting down and, and feeling like I can't trust God. We cannot get so focused on the trouble or the pressure or the frustration of our moment that we lose sight of where we're going and the opportunity we have been given. This is the same mistake that people have made throughout history. Finally, after 10 plagues, Pharaoh released the children of Israel and they left Egypt and, and uh, they went on their way to the promised land. But they had to go through a wilderness. The Israelites barely got on the road before they ran into their first problem. What was their first problem? Pharaoh, the devil, decided that he did not want to let them go. Do you know what happens to someone when they get saved? When they get delivered from the devil and delivered from sin and delivered from Egypt. Do you know what happens to someone when they first get on the road going to the promised land. Going to where God wants them to go. 
the devil tries to get them back. The devil tries his best to draw them back into old habits. The devil tries his best to get them back into old patterns of life. The devil tries to recapture them because he likes them serving him. Listen, uh, this, this is to be expected. We should be ready for it. We have the roadmap. We have the book. Life includes a lot of tests, but it is an open book test. Read the book, open the book, find the test, find the answers, and, and apply the correct answers. They had barely gotten on the road, and their first trouble they automatically just started complaining and said, Oh no, we can't do this. Oh no, I failed. Oh no, God can't help me. Oh, what am I going to do? Oh, God dealt with the situation. God does what only God can do. He opened up the waters, they went across, He closed them on their enemies. God can do miracles if He can just get us to keep going. Toward the promised land. He can take care of everything. Uh, you know, he would end up doing this with each one of their enemies. God dealt with every enemy they faced. Uh, but not before they cried and complained. Because the minute they saw something. Oh no, God's wanting to go. You know. They, they kept threatening to go back to their old ways. This pattern of complaint that they adopted in the face of every hardship became more than Moses could endure. Now, Moses was not the son of God. Moses was not Jesus. Moses was a man. And it just became more than he could endure. He got so tired of the people that he was helping complaining and not trusting God. Come on, he would say. Come on, God can do this. But they constantly complained and were incessantly selfish. And, and uh, uh, you know, before it was all over, Moses was so tired, he did not know what to do. Uh, the distrust and the complaints of the children of Israel ended up causing them to spend an extra 40 years in the wilderness because they complained and because they murmured and because they didn't trust God. You know, they could have crossed that wilderness in about six days. It took them over 40 years. Why? Because of their complaining, the Bible says, and their distrust. Often the enemies of God had a greater respect for God than the children of God did. That's what Deuteronomy says. The conclusion says that, you know, their rock is not like our rock. Even our enemies basically respect our God more than we do sometimes. Even people who do not know God, even people that, that they do not know Jesus, respect him and believe he is more powerful and trustworthy 
than sometimes do his children. That's what the Bible says. So have you found Exodus 17 yet? Okay, let's read now. Verse 1. This is what was happening along the way. Then all the congregation of the children of Israel set out on their journey from the wilderness of Zin according to the commandment of the Lord and camped in Rephaim. But there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore the people contended, argued, fussed, complained, murmured with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said to them, Why do you contend with me? Why do you tempt the Lord? Why, why are you complaining and fussing and, and, and contending? You know, why are you tempting the Lord? Don't you know that the Lord's got this? Don't you know that he can handle this? Verse 3, And the people thirsted there for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, Why is it you have brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? <laughs> what are you trying to do to us? Why? What's, you know? Verse 6, Moses said, uh, Behold, or God said to Moses, Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock in Horeb. And you shall strike the rock, and water will come out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. Uh, he Literally, there was a rock there, and God told him, Hit the rock with your rod, and water came out. What a, what a miracle. So he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah because of the contention of the children of Israel and because they tempted the Lord saying, is the Lord among us or not? They basically didn't trust that God was with them. They, they, they felt like God had abandoned them. They felt like God didn't care about them. And so they called the name of the place where the miracle happened. They didn't call it Rock City. They didn't call it water from, from heaven. They call, they call the name of the place contention and strife and quarreling and argument and, and temptation and trial. Why? Because that's what they did. They cried and didn't trust God. And so God told Moses, hit the rock. So he hit it. Well, fast forward perhaps 20, 30 years. We find some years later the children of Israel were wandering in the wilderness and they came to the place of Kadesh. And guess what? There was no water in that place and the people were once again afraid they were going to die of thirst. So in Numbers chapter 20, Verse 4, they are complaining again. They're fussing. Why have you brought up the assembly of the Lord into this wilderness that we and our animals should die here? Same complaint. Years later, different place, same complaint. Some people have the same complaint over and over. What is the complaint? It's not about me. Me, me, me. 
I don't want a hardship. I don't want a trouble. I don't want, I'm thirsty. I'm, our animals, don't you, don't you care about animals? Don't you have any care? What's wrong with you? You're going to kill all of our puppies. Well, they kept asking him, why did you make us come up out of Egypt? Why did you bring us to this evil place? You know, there's nothing here to eat, nothing here to drink. And so Moses and Aaron went, you know, uh, they went to God with this. They fell on their faces and, and God spoke to Moses. Look what God said to Moses in verse 8. Take the rod, same rod he had used years earlier, okay? This stick that God gave him. Take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together. Speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock and give drink to the congregation and their animals. Have you noticed anything different about this one than the last time? The last time God says, take the rod and hit the rock. Strike the rock. This time God said, speak to the rock. Well, as I told you earlier, by this time, Moses is kind of frustrated, aggravated, irritated. He's had enough of these complainers. Verse 9, so Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. And he said to them, here now, you rebels, must we bring water for you out of this rock? He's, he's aggravated. He's, he's Moses you know, being around fussy people can make you fussy sometime. Then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with the rod. And water came out abundantly and the congregation and their animals drank. Okay. We have a problem. The first time they encountered this problem, God said, strike the rock struck the rock, water came out. The second time they encountered this same problem, God said, speak to the rock. But Moses, in his frustration, did not speak to the rock. He hit the rock two times. And in hitting the rock, water came out. But if you continue to read, God said to Moses, you have dis." disappointed me because you did not believe me and sanctify me and did not do it like I told you to do it, you will not take these people into the promised land. Moses disqualified himself as a leader because instead of obeying God, he allowed his frustrations to get the best of him. And instead of speaking to the rock, he hit the rock twice. Well, uh, 1 Corinthians in the New Testament, chapter 10, verse 4, gives us some insight into what happened here, why God was so angry, and how this applies to our life today. 
1 Corinthians 10 and verse 4 says, And our fathers, talking about their forefathers, the children of Israel, they all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. I don't know how, but I do know that God counted that rock as Christ. The rock. The rock which he told Moses to strike at one time, but afterwards said, speak. You see, there are several truths associated with this particular story. Both the Old Testament and the New Testament cause us to understand when we put ourselves into that story that Jesus, the rock, as God was telling the story, the rock will not be struck twice. Jesus was crucified one time. He was beaten one time. He was shamed and hung on a cross one time. That will not happen again. Because he was crucified, because he paid the price for our sin, living water comes from Jesus Christ. Now, all we are asked to do by God is to speak to the rock for the things we need. That's what the New Testament teaches us. And that story in the Old Testament tells us that Jesus will not be struck a second time. In order to quench the thirstiness of your soul, it is now only required that you speak to the rock. You see, water came out when Moses hit the rock the second time. But it came out for the benefit of the people, not for the benefit of Moses. It was not something God was happy with. But it shows us how much God cares for his children. Because even though, even though it was not his will for Moses to hit the rock, he knew the people were thirsty. Do you know God will go to great lengths, whatever it costs, to save your soul, to quench your thirst, and to give you the water of life? Living water is intended to pour forth from Jesus Christ merely for the asking. At one time, harsh sacrifice was required, but not anymore. Today, prayer moves the hand of God. Prayer meets our needs. It's no longer the harshness, the bitterness, the frustration, the anger. Even the picture of Moses... Losing it. If you are facing a problem in life, maybe a problem you have faced before, harshness, anger, condemnation, criticism, inflicting pain, fussing, complaining, allowing frustration and irritation and aggravation 
to cause you to lash out is not the answer to your problem. You have a Savior in Jesus Christ who has already been struck by this world. You now only need to call out, to ask, to speak. If you, are, if, if, if you have someone in your life that is in need of help, pray for them. Condemnation, criticism, rejection is not going to work. Christ has paid the price. Call upon him. He can do what no one else can do. David in the Psalms in, verse, uh, in Psalm 78 said this. Yes, they spoke against God. They said, can God prepare a table in the wilderness? Behold, he struck the rock so that waters gushed out and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide meat for his people? Verse 32, in spite of this, they still sinned and they did not believe in his wondrous works. Verse 35, then they remembered that God was their rock and the most high God their redeemer. Verse 38, and he, being full of compassion, God forgave their iniquity and he did not destroy them. Why? Because they remembered that God was their rock. God is the answer. God is my redeemer. No matter what I have done, no matter how much sin I have committed, God is my answer. God is my rock. So tonight, as I close, I hope this has made some sense. The stories of the Bible apply to our lives. It's our job to try to understand how they apply. Who are we in this narrative? What my takeaways are are simple. Number one... My first takeaway is that every one of us has sinned. We have all fallen short of God's grace. That's what Romans 3.23 says. My second takeaway is that we all deserve hell punishment. We all deserve to pay for our sins. But we don't have to because Jesus did. Jesus paid for our sins, so we don't have to. The third takeaway, Psalms 78 tells us this. So does Romans 10 verse 13. Anyone at any time who asks Jesus to be their Lord, who invites Jesus into their life, they will be forgiven. They will be saved. For all eternity. Is there any reason. Any reason. Why you would want to spend. Why you would choose to spend eternity in hell. Is there any reason in your wildest imagination. Why you would choose to spend eternity. Separated from God. I don't think so then I'm going to ask you right now to pray with me. God so loved the world. Pray with me right now. God so loved the world. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved.
Let's consider our rock right now. Let's not trust in riches. Let's not trust in power, position, in governments. Let's not trust in our military, in our might. Let's trust in God. Let's not trust in our smartness. Let's trust in God. Pray with me right now. Let's ask Jesus. Let's invite him into our life. Jesus, Lord, we invite you into our life. We ask you, Jesus, to forgive us of our sins and to come into our heart. Teach us, lead us across this wilderness. We know that the devil does not want to let us go. And we understand that hardships might stand in our way. That's what you said, Jesus. In this world, we will encounter tribulation. But help us not to be complainers and murmurs, Lord, but to be of good cheer, knowing where we are going and knowing that you have overcome this world. Lord, help us to overcome as well. Teach us and lead us. Lord, here we are. Thank you for saving our souls. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for another relevant word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.